we'd like to remind you that if you are experiencing symptoms of a heart attack, stroke, or any life-threatening medical emergency, please call 911. Please do not delay seeking treatment during the COVID-19 epidemic. Most Providence emergency rooms are open, and CDC-required safety measures are being taken to protect patients and hospital staff. If you are unsure of your symptoms, please use our telehealth services and speak with a healthcare professional that can better assess your symptoms and provide direction on the best course of action. Please do not let the worry of COVID-19 cause delay in seeking out treatment if you are experiencing a heart attack or stroke. Every minute treatment is delayed can be fatal. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the future of health on Dash Radio during this coronavirus pandemic. We're lucky to have many experts around our COVID-19 topic and many guest hosts. Remember to visit coronavirus.providence.org for more information. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Amy Thompson, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today um, on this topic of breastfeeding and lactation support. So just a few things at the beginning. So as a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended, nor is it, it is implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. So always consult your healthcare provider to determine the appropriateness of the information for your own situation. If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatments, um, please consult your physician. Participating in this event with this clinician does not create um, a physician-patient relationship. So I'm so excited um, to have um, this today. So I want to join me um, in, um, in introducing Rebecca Metter. Um, I call her Becky, so I am privileged that she works um, here with me at the Covenant Children's Hospital. She is a nurse and she's a lactation specialist that works here um, at my hospital. I was joking with her before this, will not say this, but I'm telling you, this woman knows more about all of this topic than uh, anyone I've ever met. So you guys are in um, for a treat. So Becky, I always love this question since I already know you, but tell us a little bit about your role at Covenant um, and what it is that you do on a daily basis. And then talk to me a little bit about what inspired you to, to do what you do with your life. Okay. Um, I coordinate the lactation, the parent education service. So here. Um, we have a group of about eight women. There's five positions, several are on call, and several of us are full-time as well. Um, we uh, coordinate and do the parent education classes, which includes like the infant CPR, the breastfeeding, the uh, labor and delivery, you know, multiple things that way. Uh, we have sibling tours and uh, adult tours as well, which, you know, are a little bit on hold right now, but we're starting sure. to get back into things. And um, we do uh, daily rounds on all of our patients every day. And we are here to assist the mom, baby, labor and delivery, antipartum nurses with all of the lactation services. So we, we see patients every day. Yeah. Um, as far as my background and why I ended up in this position, um, I was a pediatric nurse straight out of nursing school. And when I got pregnant with my first child, I was, you know, aware of all of the different things that go on in pediatric floors and things. I really looked at what I was going to do as far as my feeding preference, my choice on that. I did read everything I could on breastfeeding, formula feeding, all of that. And that was when I realized due to, I, I have a family history of allergies, that I got really interested in the breastfeeding and learned as much as I could and then worked for a pediatrician for a part time and on the pediatric floor and then ended up doing the classes here and then just growing into the coordinator position. 
That's awesome. You've done a great job for us. So my understanding is this August is National Breastfeeding Month. And so it's kind of a month that we want to bring a highlight, you know, to breastfeeding and lactation um, and the services. So I was a breastfeeding mom and I, like you, I actually had a mom who did not breastfeed. And so um, she was very supportive of me, but really I didn't have a lot of, you know, knowledge. So talk to new moms and say, so for new moms that are, you know, that are breastfeeding or thinking about breastfeeding, like what are things that you would consider like normal? Like what are, what are things that they're going to run into that are just part of this? You know, it's a learning curve, just like everything else. And I think that probably um, if you can get a good baseline education before you start, because a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to breastfeed. But they really haven't done any kind of education or research on it to, you know, have a baseline of what to expect. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing that I would say is they need to do that is to get that baseline going. Um, it requires a whole lot of patience, usually, and a whole lot of persistence. And it's one of those things that you just have to say, yes, this is what I want to do. And if you have a desire, you need to really give it a couple of weeks. So don't anticipate that it's always going to be easier or it's always going to be hard. Um, there's, for some people, it's the easiest thing in the world. And for others, it's probably the thing in the world and then there's a lot of normal in between so just anticipate that it is a learning curve and that you just have to be really patient to be able to be successful and give it a couple of weeks yeah that's great advice you know both of my I have two sons and both I breastfed both of my sons and whom I had first like latched on the first time it didn't hurt um you know, everything was beautiful but I always say if I had had JJ first because JJ was very difficult to breastfeed. Um, We did, and we did it successfully. But I think to your point, like I had had JJ first, I hope I would have had someone like you to say that's exactly right. And I tell moms all the time, I wish that I'd had me whenever I had my first child, you know, Mm -hmm. I really had it fairly easy compared to most moms, but it's some of the typical things that we do see, it'll be, you know, like a first time mom that was really easy. The second time easy the third one all of a sudden it was it's really hard and it's very discouraging because you think if you've already done it you know successfully long term with two babies that it's going to be like that and that's not always the case every mom and every baby is different and that's why every day different is day is different for us for all of the lactation specialists because you never see identical it's always a different personality and a different dyad so just have to kind of, you know, be real patient and go with it, you know, whatever you get and do the best you can. So what are some of the challenges that like, you often you know, encounter with moms that are breastfeeding? Probably um, one of the biggest ones is, the, is there enough milk? Everybody, there's so many people that just, you know, they, first of all, they don't understand the colostrum phase versus when the milk comes in and the volume issue with it. And they, they really don't understand that breast milk is not just uh, nutrition. It's like medicine, too. You know, it's a combination piece of it. And the colostrum is like a very small amounts. The baby's tummy is small. But that's one of the hurdles that we have to get over with the moms is for them to understand, you know, and trust their bodies and trust the babies and then have us there to guide them if we feel like the baby's really not getting enough and troubleshoot for them. Um, 
The second is probably the latch. Just, you know, if it's not comfortable in the very beginning, you have to kind of tweak that. And a lot of people are afraid to ask for help. So, I, you know, that you should all, and it's kind of a private thing. It's not something that you don't, you know, you feel real comfortable a lot of times, but it sure is worth the time sometimes because it can be a very simple fix, you know, that we can help with, with that piece. And then I would say probably the third thing, the engorgement part. When the milk comes in, it can catch you off guard. And it can be really a very, very difficult, hard thing to get over. But again, if you ask for help, then, you know, we can give you the suggestions and hopefully remedy that, you know, for you pretty quickly. So. And, and so, you know, if you have a mom who is struggling with some of these things, like when is it that you suggest that they start to reach out for help and then talk a little bit about, you know, what happens after you go home? Because I think a lot of folks feel very comfortable reaching out while they're in the hospital. So kind of talk about the timing of when you think that should happen, yeah. you know, how you do that when you're out. Well, I feel like we're very fortunate here because we are able to check on our moms every day. So mm -hmm. it to build that rapport, which makes it a little bit easier to reach out. There are some people that don't need help. And, you know, I respect that totally. But um, I think that in the very beginning, if you have questions, you need to reach out. Um, in the hospital, if you are uncomfortable or you are concerned that your baby is not doing well, don't be embarrassed or afraid to reach out to have somebody just do a quick evaluation. And then absolutely, when you get home, if things are not falling in place and you have that baby that isn't satisfied or it's not having adequate output. The weight gain is one issue, definitely. If your baby is not gaining weight, according to, you know, we'll give them some guidelines on that. You definitely need to reach out and, and get help. Um, right now, we're doing a whole lot of phone calls, you know, since we're not doing outpatient. But um, typically follow-up phone calls and making sure that they have a phone number where they can call. And there's, um, besides reaching out to the hospital, to us, um, there's other services that are in the community. I mean, there's WIC clinics, there's La Leche League, there's people that actually have doulas that can help them, and then there's private like patient consultants as well. So there's many opportunities, you know, to reach out, and it, it's worth their time and their trouble. It can really make it easier than trying to, you know, tough through it. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was talking about how, you know, I breastfed my first, you know, son, and my mother had not breastfed and so one of the things that someone encouraged me to do was irrespective of how hard it was you know or how easy it was to just get your lactation specialist to come by and watch a feeding and you know, see how you're doing and it was invaluable to me yes you know and, and like I said Rowan was easy um, but it was invaluable when they came by and said great he's latching yeah. well you know it's, you know, and to show me what to look for. So I would encourage you while you're in the hospital, take advantage of the personnel, you know, that you have. And then I would, I would echo your sentiment that once you get home, man, there's so many resources, um, you know, that you can do. So what about things like out? Yeah. I mean, so like support groups and stuff. And so for these moms, how do you think they help? And, you know, how do you get in touch with one of those? The advantages of having that support afterwards is that you learn so much from other mothers. It's just, it's amazing. We've had a support group um, for a long time and, you know, we used to have a whole lot more people now than we, you know, with the media, the way that it is, and they can get the information. Yeah. 
actual sitting and talking to a mom um, that is going through the same things that you are, it's invaluable. And learn so much and especially in a support group where you have different ages like you've got babies that are nine months old and then you have a baby that is a old. those mothers they learn all the tricks and trades from each other plus you've got the support and you realize oh you know she had the same issue that I did or you know I'm really fortunate because this is easy for me you know I'm one of those ones that got that easy baby that latched and you know it was not a problem so you learn to appreciate but also build bonds we've actually had from some of the support groups um, play groups that they have developed later on on their own you know that we don't do and I think that especially if you move to a new uh, community and you don't know anybody it's a perfect place to meet somebody and to support each other you know in your endeavors you know with it I agree I think that that's great I, I certainly um, we had some, um, I know my, my son just went to college this year, but we actually did have some, you know, ability to get on the internet and social media, or even back in those days. Um, and so I know that we were part of a, a group and even some of the things that we were able to find online. So if you're at home and you're struggling with, you know, some of those issues, um, make sure to try to get on and, and look for either a support group or some of those things. Okay. And the other piece of that is if you're fortunate enough that wherever you live, that you have um, access to outpatient services, then that, especially people that are having trouble with the latch after they get home, it's worse, you know, than it was. It's not improving or a weight gain issue. Those are perfect opportunities for that hands on help that you can get. And it's really hard to do if it's not in person, you know, to be able to kind of show. So if if your community has that, I would highly encourage, not everybody needs an outpatient appointment or a visit, but if it's you're struggling, then definitely that's something to see if it's available. And, and it was crazy to me with my second son that, you know, kind of struggled with breastfeeding. Um, I did get that in-person, you know, consultation. Okay. And they, like they just changed the way that I was JJ and like everything changed you know it was it was amazing to me that I never would have thought of what it is that they that they thought of and how they told me to position him and then he was doing great it's like I tell a lot of moms I'm going to show you my tricks you know mm -hmm. that's what it is you just need to know and you just need to tweak it a little bit and they're like oh my gosh even the way that you sit you know is in position the pillows it can make all the difference in the world and it, a lot of very simple easy you know techniques and you just need somebody to show you yeah i agree so you know the topic that we cannot get around becky on anything that i'm doing on facebook these days is the covid so the covid 19 and so talk to me about has anything changed like with your recommendations or like what you're doing with new moms with covid I mean, with the, the COVID piece of it, I mean, we, I, th I think what we've noticed more than anything is the anxiety, you know, that everybody's experiencing. But then if you're pregnant and you have a new baby, we've gotten multiple calls, you know, asking about that. Um, recommendation now is, you know, to continue to breastfeed. Uh, and, you know, you're giving your, that, your baby that extra protection about everything and hopefully COVID too. You know? So um, if, it's, it's just like everything else. Wash your hands. You know, if we have a COVID positive mom, then um, originally we were, the recommendation was to separate the mom and the baby, but for to have the mom to still continue to pump and give the milk. Now 
recently that recommendation has changed and we can actually keep the moms and the babies together. When the mom is at home with a COVID, you know, when the mom is COVID, then you're just going to make sure to remind her and instruct her that she needs to do meticulous hand washing. She needs to wear a mask and feed her baby, or she can pump and use, you know, meticulous technique with her pumping equipment too. But feed her baby and then do the distancing, you know, and have a caregiver, a healthy caregiver, family member, you know, friend that's there to take care of the baby but you know at this point that's what's happening you know we're, we're recommending and we're having good results with it so far now you know amy i mean everything changes from day to day but we do our best you know to keep up with what's going on in the world and all of the different recommendations everything and we just have to go with the best you know evidence that we have available at this time but we try really hard to encourage the moms, but I do, I, we are seeing um, some anxiety with all of this, the uncertainty, and I can understand it. Um, and we get uh, phone calls from moms before they deliver, you know, they're concerned about it, wanting to know what to do. And we just tell them, be as careful as you can, you know, do your social distancing before, you know, especially that last month before you're coming to the hospital. And, you know, hopefully that's going to help to decrease the amount of moms that are positive at their delivery time if they you know, follow those recommendations. I agree. And, you know, you know this, you know, since you work with me here in the hospital, but here at the Children's Hospital, we have seen a lot of asymptomatic pregnant women testing when they come in that are positive, you know, for COVID. And so your hospital um, that you're at, if you're watching, this will be the same way. We've got great technique all my folks on labor and delivery and mom baby and our lactation exactly how to take care um, of those patients and like becky said we used to uh, the american academy of pediatrics suggested separating i think we've only had one in the early days when we thought that that's you know what, or when we knew that that's what the recommendations required everybody else we've been able to keep um those babies together and i think the moms have have done really great yeah and they they just need a little extra tlc I, I think that, you know, you come in and they catch and when, you, you know, you think you're fine, you feel fine and then you find out you're positive. I just it's really hard for those moms you know, to have to do that. And I admire all of them. And, you know, they're and it's I encourage them all to breastfeed. If that was their plan, that was their goal and that's what they wanted to do, then don't let that get in their way. I agree. And, and I would encourage you, you know, if you're a mom out there that's watching, make sure you're talking to your OBGYN. Um, like Becky said, some of the recommendations are changing. I literally spoke last week um, to a group of folks in Lubbock talking about back to school. And, you know, everything that we were reading is that younger kids, you know, aren't, you know, really active in transmission. And then I say this and like literally today, um, there was that came out in the pediatrics journal that is actually like, hey, just kidding. We actually think kids have these, you know, high viral loads and, you know, and can transmit. And I would just say that part of the thing that comes with anxiety is the fact that data is changing, you know, all the time as, as we learn stuff, you know, about COVID. And the very best thing for you to do is to keep talking to your physicians. Mm -hmm. um, I, I read every day to make sure that nothing has changed, um, you know, to, to think about treating my patients. So just make sure you continue to touch base with your physician. So we, Becca, we have had a lot of questions about like on the breast, you know, with the breastfeeding, if you have a COVID uh, positive mom, can she transfer the virus um, in, to, to the infant in breastfeeding? 
And remember, nothing is 100%. We don't have all of this in, but everything that has come across my desk that we've been looking at and then we've read is that we haven't seen any, you know, any positive piece of that going. I think that there's been a few things, you know, little, like maybe in China there was one article about, you know, something, but it wasn't anything that was definitive. You know, we haven't seen any of that so far, so... I agree. And and what I've looked at shows, you know, um, moms are not transmitting, you know, across the placenta, you know, to right. so if you get, you know, COVID and you're pregnant, there's been, you know, no transmission, mm -hmm. you know, to the baby before birth. And then certainly um, in the transmission that has happened after birth, those numbers have been very low. And they probably think it's what you and I were discussing that it's actually probably, you know, if the mom is holding the baby, you know, and potentially maybe not masking or if they don't. Mm -hmm. Makes more than than we've seen anything that right. would, you know, right. breast milk. My understanding as a pediatrician, because um, the thing I'm always encouraging, you know, moms to do is the very best thing that they can do is breastfeed, especially when they're sick, because then they're they're making yes. bodies and giving those to the baby. Yeah, yeah. It just makes sense that our bodies, because that's how it works. You know, the protective mechanisms. So. I agree. We'll just keep following the data till we, you know, they tell us to do something. If there's something else we need to do better. I agree. So, you know, let's talk about there are, there is a, you know, a, a part of the population that, you know, even with lactation support and even with things like this, you know, finds themselves unable to breastfeed or they have, you know, other things that preclude them, you know, from breastfeeding. And right. you know, this before that, man, we are huge encouragers of breastfeeding. We think it's best. I mean, we think all of those things. It's all true that if you're out there and you're watching and like you just have not been able to make this work and, you know, things have not worked for you. I always point out to people um, that, you know, my mother did not breastfeed me. This is back in the 70s when you know, they, she said I did what the pediatrician said. And I, you know, we were formula feeding and I always joke with them that you can decide if you think, you know, I turned out okay. Um, you know, after that, but you know, this really is a concern. And so like, while we're talking about breastfeeding, talk a little bit about formula. And okay. so if someone finds themselves in that situation, what do you suggest, you know, what kind of things? I don't think any mom should feel guilty, first of all, about whatever their decision is. I think it's a real personal decision. I always encourage them to do their education and make an educated decision, but there are definitely situations where it's not safest, you know, thing to do. And we always try very hard to respect that mom's decision um, and support her in whatever, you know, she needs to do. As far as which formula, that's what people, I get asked that a whole lot. That I always defer that to the pediatrician. You know, there there's basic formulas and then there's the specialty formulas. And so that's something that the pediatrician should guide them on. Um, but definitely there's, you know, that is a situation that is is there and we do and you know encourage moms to try to you know educate make the right decision but you know there's reasons like medications like they they've done everything they can possibly do to get their baby to breastfeed but they don't you know there's some some sort of a 
you know, anatomy issue that's really preventing it. And I would never want a mother to ever feel really bad. And that's one reason why the, the mothers that do desire, you know, to try, I try to get them to give it a couple of weeks because at a couple of weeks, it's kind of like, okay, I can do this or no, this is really not working for me because I don't want them to feel guilty about their decision. Yeah. You know, and having, because everybody's doing the best they can for their babies. I agree. And I, I would echo, obviously, I am a pediatrician, um, but I would echo that talk to your pediatrician about the specific um, type of formula. Um, all the formulas that we have available to us, you know, that you can buy in the supermarket that are available to you. They're all good. the difference is some of the additives and, you know, like if, you know, some of the added rice, you'll see all this stuff in these different things. Let your pediatrician talk with you about which one of those formulas, you know, is the best for you. Some of those formulas have, you know, more less calories, different for premium okay. rice. And, and that's really a decision that you need to make with your pediatrician. But Becky, I echo the thing that you say that if you're out there and you have just not been able to breastfeed, or if your physician um, is the reason that you can't breastfeed, um, I say we're very, very blessed to live in the year 2020 where I think the formulas are very good. And if you'll notice all the time um, when they, when they figure out some of the things that, you know, breast milk contains, you'll see that, you know, when we're able to kind of make those and add those to, you know, to infant formulas. And so they've been able to really improve uh, infant formulas. And one thing I want to add to the formula piece that's important that a lot of people don't realize, they really need to know how to mix their formulas correctly. Because I can remember from my days as a pediatric nurse, babies coming into the hospital because it was not mixed correctly. You can, you know, it's very important to follow the directions, read the directions on the can, know all of the specifics about it. And you should get information on that in the hospital before you leave. And, you know, you can always call and ask questions. But that's real important. I agree with that. So I always want to ask a question. Nobody wants to leave out the dad. So um, when we, if we have dads that are watching, you know, what are ways that new dads can get involved? And I know that this was a question. You know, my husband had. You know, what breastfeeding is. Um, sometimes there's dads that actually like the idea of formula feeding because you know they can hold the baby or they can do these things. So what suggestions would you give for dads whose whose the wife is is breastfeeding? The moms that are probably the most successful have dads that are supportive. You know, they it really is important and um, just for them to be on board, you know, for them to value what they are doing and realize the health benefits for mom and for baby. Um, I think dads burp a whole lot better than moms burp. I mean, I, I don't know why, but it works that way. But you can, dads can do skin to skin with babies for comfort and give moms the break with that piece of it. I mean, anything that they can do as far as the diapering, the nurturing and all that. And the bottle issue as far as wanting to help feed and everything. I mean, the pumps are so good now. It's that, you know, in a few weeks that moms can have plenty of milk pumped typically for them to help with those feedings and maybe let mom go to sleep a little bit earlier. There's ways that you can coordinate that, but dads or, or even grandmas or whoever that support person is, they do not realize how important it is that 
they keep, you know, telling them how good a job they're doing, asking what they can do to help. I mean, I have some of the dads here, they're great at putting, you know, getting the mom situated, getting the baby over there, and they've got it all set up before I even walk in the room. So they are very, very important. This is, it's a family. It's the three people. It doesn't take just one. It takes the mom, the dad, and the baby. I agree with that. And, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're out there and you are, you know, the dad, the significant other, the grandma, the, you know, anybody who is that support person, um, you know, there, there is a role that you play um, and you can bond with that baby, um, even without being the one um, who's breastfeeding. And I, my favorite thing with my husband was that 2 a.m. feeding. And mm -hmm. and he would he would go get my, my babies. And like you said, I would I would get myself set up and um, and he was able to participate, you know, in that. So um, I, I love that advice. So you're almost done and, and almost out of time. So if you wanted to just give one piece of advice to new moms on breastfeeding, what would be the thing that you would say to them? It's really hard to just have one. Um, <laughs> you need to get your baseline education. I think that you need to make up your mind that this is what you want to do and not expect it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to have patience and you have to be persistent and, you know, give it that couple of weeks. And then I feel like you're, you're going to feel really good about your decision. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm really thankful that I was able um, to be able to breastfeed both of my boys. Um, they make all kinds of, you know, stuff now where um, I remember I went into the, the breastfeeding, they have a breastfeeding store here and, you know, mm -hmm breastfeeding store and like they helped me figure out how to um, pump on my way to work yes. which my, my husband thought that this was the funniest thing ever but um, man I loved it because I could yeah. pump and when I walked into work you know I knew that the clock was you know just starting then but even so much good advice from the folks you know who were even in, in the store and and so there's so much out there. There's so much written. There's so much support. So we just want to encourage you. Um, we do think breastfeeding is best as a pediatrician. Um, I certainly um, encourage it. Um, but know that if you can't, there are super good alternatives um, with formula feeding. And we're, we're raising, you know, healthy kids. Um, like, thank, you, thank you so much for joining us and sharing some of your knowledge about, about breastfeeding and stuff. It's been a pleasure um, to uh, have you on the show and let these folks know you. So keep up the good work with what you're doing with our patients. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you guys. Yeah.